Through the Bible with Dr. Buddy Walsh. Today's Bible lesson is on Prophecy Part 2. Prophecy Part 2. The last time we met, we learned how to use the Bible the correct way, and we learned that prophecy is the Spirit of Jesus. Then we must conclude that the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. I have noticed, and you probably have too, some patterns have developed over the years in our secular world. For instance, knowledge has increased. I'm fixing to show you my age, but I remember the time, and some of you do too, we did not have cell phones. Now everyone has a cell phone, which most of the time is stuck in their ear. Teenagers in most of the world would be lost without their cell phones. I know most of the world finds this hard to believe, but did you know you can survive without one? There is a life without a cell phone. Knowledge has increased, but they will never be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, they never come to the point where they can apply what they have discovered as the truth. The Word of God is the truth. So, consequently, they deviate from the knowledge that they have, and they go away from truth and make a mess of the world. For instance, instead of harnessing the use of atomic energy for our benefit, when they first discovered it, they used it to destroy the world. Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 through 8. Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 through 8 says this. And we shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. This is the Gentiles in the last days. Many Christians get caught up in this kind of business and forget our purpose for being here and what we are supposed to be doing. All of these people running around the country screaming, ban the bombs, and we do not want atomic wars, are wrong. We do not want an atomic war, but we do not want them to ban the bomb or we will get it. Matthew said that we do not have to worry about wars and rumors of wars. He said to not be worried about those things because they are going to take place. The end is not yet. The world is not going to destroy itself. God is not going to allow mankind to destroy himself and his planet. He is going to do it himself. The Bible says, For all things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. Various places are happening everywhere. You know, about a week ago, I noticed a 8.0 earthquake hit in Peru. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Let's analyze that verse. He said there are going to be wars. Since 1861, there has only been one year of human history that no war uh, going on somewhere in the world. That is over 100 years. This figure is speaking of actual war and combat, not the Cold War or anything like that. The scripture says there will be wars and rumors of wars in the last days. He said there will be earthquakes in different places. It is not uncommon anymore to read in the paper 
about an earthquake hitting somewhere and leaving 50,000 people homeless. We read something like that at least once a year or so. Studies on earthquakes have revealed that they are multiplying in number in the last 100 years compared to what they were previously to that time. And that article said that there have been more earthquakes in the last 100 years than there have ever been in recorded history. The fact that God said in his book that it would be this way means it will be this way. Mount St. Helens is a good example. You have many examples in history of volcanoes blowing their tops, but not like it is today. Besides Mount St. Helens, I saw one the other day blowing Japan, killing thousands of people. I have noticed that God is trying to speak to people through weather. He is trying to get their attention. Recently, the term catastrophic has been used in the number of tornadoes and flooding, calling them historic. Whether the mockers and scoffers believe this or not, Jesus is coming sooner than later. The way all the puzzle pieces are lining up in prophecy, we are the last generation. That is not a bad thing, but a good thing. We are living in a special time in history. We are talking about the Gentile world in the last days. What is going to result from these rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilences, and famines? We read of famines all the time. North Africa had become a desert, and people are starving to death by the thousands. I've noticed California had a crisis in the amount of homeless and starving, and we live in a land of plenty. India is in a continual famine. India should not be in a famine. They have enough beef to survive. But they worship a false god. Many believe they will be reincarnated as a cow. They allow cows to roam through their homes. Did you know that enough food could be grown in the state of Texas to, have, to feed half of the world population every year? There is really no reason for famine, but God's word said it would be there because iniquity has waxed great and the sinfulness of humanity has prompted the judgment of God on all on this world. All of this will lead to the time of the tribulation. Luke chapter 20 verse 1 verse 25 says this, Luke 21 25, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations. Wars and rumors of wars, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places, or various places. It is a stress of the nations. No one knows what to do. The Bible said, with perplexity, the sea and the wave roaring. The head of the United Nations said this a few years uh, ago. He said, give us a man that will give us peace on earth and rid the earth of famine. Be he God or devil, we will follow him. They are going to be given the man they want. He will be Antichrist, and they will follow him. Luke said, because of these things, there will be distress of the nation with perplexity. This means that the nation will be in a lot of trouble and not know what to do about it. All of these talks and meetings are a waste of time. Christians can get caught up in the reading about these things, but it's really a waste of time. God said, is it all going downhill and his judgment is coming to the Gentile world? We Christians should face up to it. 
What does Luke mean when he says the sea and the waves roaring? What does uh, the sea symbolically speak of in Scripture? It speaks of the masses of humanity. Isaiah says two times that the wicked are like the troubled sea. Luke chapter 21, verse 26 through 27. Luke 21, 26 through 27 says this. Men's hearts failing them for the fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. This is true. You can talk to an everyday person in the streets who only goes to work every day for his family and find out that he is scared to death of nuclear war or something like that. Here's what we've got to look forward to. The Bible said, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. All of these things take place before the second advent, because when all these things happen, then they will see Jesus coming. If you are saved, you are going to see these things. You do not have to fear them. You do not have to fear when the stock market fails. You might have $50,000 in some stock. You do not have to fear if you know Jesus. Where is your affection? Is it on paper money or is it on the golden streets of glory? It is okay to have things in this world and buy things and own things. The Lord never told us not to do that, but he did tell us to watch our affections. If you lost what you own today and it's destroyed you, you are a fake and your heart is in the wrong place. If you get home today and see red ambers and ashes and that destroys your world, your heart is in the wrong place. I can sympathize with that. I surely would not want to come home and see my house burn down. But I think because I know my heart that if my house was burned down, it would not destroy my faith. I have never faced that, but I think my heart would not fade. I do not think it would destroy my faith. I am not concerned about that house of wood, brick, or mortar. I enjoy living in it, but I am concerned about my home and glory for all eternity. If it, if I have my concerns on the earthly home, I should not. I have a house that far exceeds my earthly house waiting on in heaven, and I can use it for all eternity. No more repair jobs or water pumps. We Christians are part of this world, but our affection should be elsewhere. In Corinthians chapter 5, Paul said that we should have to get off of the world not to be involved in the things of this world, yet our affection should be on heaven. We live in a Gentile world. This is not a Christian world. The things we are uh, looking at here are things that are going to happen to the Gentiles in the last days. And we Christians, up to the time of the rapture, are going to be caught in the vice. We're going to be in these things. For example, if the stock market crashes like it did in 1929, are we going to be in the middle of it? Economically, it is going to hurt us, but how it hurts inside will depend on where our affections really are. Whether or not a Christian goes and kills himself over the loss of great sums of money will depend on the location of his affections. We need to remember what the Apostle Paul said. You serve the Lord Christ. Is he your Lord? 
He may be your Savior, but is he your Lord? Us Christians living in this secular world need to be sure of only one thing when the end of this life comes. And it will come, whether by way of rapture or the grave. Are you sure you are going to heaven? If not, you can be before you leave here today. The Bible says that you may know that you have eternal life in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. God wants you to know that you have eternal life. It is not I hope so, or maybe so. It is a no-so salvation. Do you believe that the Son came to this earth in the flesh as God himself and died for your sins, that you could have eternal life? Do you believe that he was crucified, put in the tomb, and rose three days later and is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me? Do you believe you are a sinner and am sorry for your sin through repentance? Do you believe the Son of God died for your sins? If so, you are already a citizen of heaven. You just haven't gotten there yet. The Bible says that far outweighs anything of this earth. If you are saved today, you have an eternity of perfect health and a perfect relationship with the Holy God. Imagine eternity. It never ends. This short life is nothing compared to that. This life is like a vapor in the wind. The only thing important about this life is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When you draw your last breath, that is all that will matter. Money, houses, cars, all is all vanity. Anything of this old earth is vanity. There is coming a new earth and a new heaven. Have you ever thought about why God has to make a new heaven? Because the first one was tainted by Satan. Ask yourself this question today. How close do you want to be with God? You can be as close as you want to be. And it should be the desire of every Christian to share Christ with as many people as possible. A day is coming when the door will be shut. After several thousand years of man's wickedness, he'll say enough is enough. Time to take care of business and then make all things new. Why? Because he loved us first. The only thing the Lord is guilty of is loving us, and he wants us to love him in return. I'm reminded of scripture. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when Christ returns. Who are in those days? The mockers and scoffers can laugh all they want. Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? Are you doing what you can for the Lord? Are you preparing yourself and others for eternity? We live in a world that is lost and going to hell. Share Christ with everyone you can. In the twinkling of an eye, we face eternity. I want to ask you a question. Are you ready? You know, we're all rowing together in the same boat. There are no big eyes and little U's. I've always known the ground is level at the cross. I appreciate your attention. This is Dr. Buddy Wall signing off.